This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now in our sixth season looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Mikey Penty-Smith. This is the first flagship show of 2021. That's easy for me to say. And joining me is the East Ipswich Massive, Joe Fares and David Diamond. How are you both? Yeah, good. Cheers, Mikey. Yep, good, Mikey. Thanks. Flawless opener. As always, (laughs) professional to the end. (laughs) And uh, yeah, did it, did you both enjoy the the little break from following Ipswich Town the last <laughs> three and a half weeks or whatever it was? Yeah, it certainly made for I think it certainly made for a slightly more enjoyable Christmas and New Year, didn't it? Really, without the uh, without the overall general depression of it all. Um, if you'd if you'd have asked me at five o'clock yesterday, I'd have said, yeah, I really missed it, but <laughs> maybe not now. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was odd. It was. It was strange, wasn't it? You know, a whole Christmas without. You know, a whole, a whole Christmas without a town game was. Um, and New Year was really, really odd. Really, to be fair, but can't say I missed it. Really, I've got to say, sadly. But we have missed doing the podcast, haven't we, guys? And it's obviously been a few weeks since we were last on air. We're not going to go through all of the news from the last few weeks. Who had COVID? Who didn't? Um, but. Let's just crack on with the the news from the last seven days. So last Sunday, Joe, we found out that Idris Ilmazuni was reser- returning to town after a underwhelming loan spell at Cambridge United. Yeah. Do you think we might see Idris, Idris go back out on loan or maybe even come back into the side? And were you surprised that he didn't kick on? Um, I, I was hoping that he'd come back into the sort of squad and start to play a part because I think he would have had a decent amount of game time had he stayed here when you see who else has got game time around him Liam Gibbs Armando Dobra Brett McGavin have all had a lot of game time but you saw the team named yesterday you saw Zander Zizaba on the bench and you didn't see Idris El Mazzuni there and with with this free club rule where you can't play for three teams in the same season so if Idris does play for us this month it means he can't go out the fact he wasn't on the bench yesterday seems to indicate that we are looking to get him back out somewhere else 
Hmm. Are you surprised he didn't sort of make more of an impression, Joe? Because, uh, you know, I know he went back there. I mean, they were sort of raving about him. You know, he saw one or two sort of snips of him from when he was there last. He saw him scoring an absolutely brilliant goal. One, I think one or two even. And I think it was really well thought of. And he just didn't just didn't work out for him, did it? No, I, I don't. I think the problem is he went a bit later. So the season started. By the time the season started, they were top of the league at that point, I think. So it's difficult to get your way into that team. And yeah. The sort of manager seemed to be set more on a four four two with him playing sort of a out and out left midfielder, or if they did play a number ten, Wes Houlihan was there and he he plays ahead okay. of him because obviously he's their player and sort of yeah. wily. And if you and if you play a Wes Houlihan, you then need two players to do his running for him, sit a bit deeper. And I think they that's how they're playing. Paul Digby, one of their two hold midfielders, and, and it's like it just he just ended up effectively with no real role in the team and not able to sort of forced his way into it so the move just didn't turn out well yeah shame shame do you think do you think he's been a bit usurped here now by McGavin though now to a degree um, I think possibly but I think McGavin showed he can play that deeper lying role which yeah. I think Idris could play but maybe without as much discipline as Brett has played it with so sort of McGavin has definitely taken his chance when he's had it as well. He may not have played well every game but he's definitely played well in enough games to show he can but yeah he's shown it hasn't he I say, I think you sort of see the team yesterday, and you got Dobber out on the left of left wing, and I think well, I'd, I'd rather have Elmazuni out there personally. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, we'll get we'll get on to Dobra now, Dave. There's been a number of Ipswich players and staff members suffering with COVID nineteen over the past yeah. few weeks. Um, we we obviously wish them all well. On Wednesday, it was announced that League One clubs will be tested twice a week from Monday onwards. So that's today onwards. What was your reaction to this news? Anna? Yeah, it's about. I think. I think the, the skipper sort of um, summed it up quite nicely. It's sort of really about time, isn't it? Albeit, mm. from what from what we understand, is um, the owner's been sort of forking out since the start of the season. I think I read somewhere of about I don't know, it's cost him something like 40, 40 grand or something like that to to provide the tests that have been provided so far. Look, look, if there is going to be any sort of long jet, you know longevity with the season with this season then it has to it has to come in and uh, albeit you think it's a bit maybe a bit too late now but if it helps it's it's it can only be a good thing mm. uh, Dave, sort of pre-pod um dave and i were talking about the um amount of fixtures that we've got coming up oh, and geez. basically after this sort of we play burton on saturday Peterborough the following Saturday, and then after that we've got a midweek game every single midweek for the whole of February, for the whole of March, up until the Easter weekend. So, so after the so next week, next midweek is our only free midweek up until basically middle of April. So there's just no there's just no room to fit these games in if if more get postponed. If I say we had the last four postponed, if we have another two free postponed in a row, and when you're playing three times a week. One outbreak of COVID is going to be three games done. Yeah, and you look at. I was looking at some of the where, fixtures. Where go? I was looking at fixtures and, and and the actual table. I think Accrington are now moved into top six now. They've only played seventeen games. They're like four. I think if they win their games in hand, I mean, we'll know big if they'll, they'll be top. Be three yeah. points ahead of Lincoln. I think. I mean, just incredible. And um, also after the um, after the Sunderland game, I think of our. We, we, I think we've got five more away games and home games left over the remainder of the season. So there's a hell of a lot of travelling in there as well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough. I mean, you know, if if what we understand is right, and so we read that perhaps most of the squad, if not all of the squad, are available for training tomorrow. Um, I think we're probably going to need them all, aren't we? If there's not going to be much coming in. Yeah, 
Definitely. It's a good job we did such an efficient job of getting knocked out of all the cups, though, hey? <laughs> yeah, good work, Saturday, good work, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. <laughs> um, one player who obviously won't benefit from Ipswich being out of the cup competitions, Joe, is Corey and Darba, although he might benefit because he's now been sent out on loan to A United. This, this has been a long time coming, hasn't it? A proper senior move for Corey and Darba. Well, yeah, from, from all I understand, last pre-season, I think he was brilliant through pre-season, it sounded like, over in yeah. Germany. And I think a lot of the sort of guys around the team and the squad and the journalists were surprised that it was Wolfie that got nod over in Darba at the start of the season. And then from that point on in Darba, just didn't, he had two loan spells last year at Hemel Hempstead and Chelmsford where he did nothing in reality. I think he got hooked after half-time and one of them in his first game didn't play again. And then because of that, it then meant he had a move to air lined up, but because of the free club rule, it meant that that, that move got cancelled. So this is effectively 12 months later and he's made no real progress, really. He, this was a move that was there from 12 months ago, which he couldn't take. We we couldn't send him out this, at the start of this season because we needed the bodies in the squad and he's just wasted a year, really. But he's he, he, I thought he looked really good when he's played in pre-season and also in the... Um, Papa John's trophy and the EFL Cup I think he might have played in as well so hopefully he goes up there gets sort of four or five months under his belt of actual playing week in week out and progresses I think he was due to make his debut yesterday but that game got postponed till Tuesday I think that was weather though rather than Covid yeah, I think I think it, it was uh, Wolfen had always had that advantage of having that, that sort of like battle hardened season at Swindon as well didn't yeah. he I think that's why he had the drop. That yeah, I had the had the run on him then back then. Well, you've, you've got some evidence, haven't you, of th- that you can do in the senior game, which yeah. counts yeah. for a lot. Yeah, I saw he posted was on his Instagram or something a really nice air air sunset, didn't he? Did Just see? after a, a certain <laughs> member of the group had slated air. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that Saint Mirren? I think that oh, was, was it? Yeah, I think it was St. Mirren. Oh, Colin Quainer, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Colin Quainer, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the other big news is that Colin Quainer has uh, <laughs> swapped Huddersfield for St. Mirren. And um, we were looking where St. Mirren is, and it turns out it's in Paisley. So, um, yeah, it is. Yeah, a bit yeah. of a downgrade on where his digs were when he was on loan at Ipswich. Um, yeah, thanks for saying it for me, Joe. Uh, so moving on to Saturday, and for the first time in almost a month, we were in action. And for the first time in 21 years, it was Swindon Town visiting Portman Road. Wow. Um, Paul Lambert wasn't well enough to be on the touchline for this one, but he was in the building um, watching down from the stands. And he made two changes for this one, Joe, um, with a couple of big hitters returning to the squad as well. Yeah, I, I presume that Ollie Hawkins is injured because we haven't heard anything about him or he may have been one of the guys that had COVID and isn't well enough recovered. Same with Brett McGavin, but it's we saw um, it was Aaron, Aaron Drynan in for Ollie Hawkins and also Keenan Bennett, who did go off injured in the Burton game. He was replaced on the right-hand side. I can't even remember who played now last night. Dobra <laughs> Judge <laughs> and Caden Jackson. Jackson. It was Do- Jackson. Dobra that came in to start, wasn't Dobra, it, where he yeah, yeah. Yeah. being the sub. Yeah, so and then was... on the bench, though, big news on the bench. Yeah. Return of Flynn Downs and James Norwood on the bench. Yeah, yeah. so j- just to recap that, it was um, the usual sort of, well, how do you describe our formation, really, if you're going to do it honestly? But I've got it written down as a 4-2-3-1. Um, with Cornell in goal, Chambers, Wolfen and McGuinness, Ward, Dezel and Hughes as the double pivot, 
Caden Jackson wide right, doesn't really seem to suit him. Dobber on the left and Judge in his preferred number 10 behind Aaron Drynan. Um, just quick look at the Swindon team. They, they're obviously struggling near the bottom, but have made some pretty astute loan signings, including Travers in goal, who's well thought of. Um, Thompson, also on loan from Brentford at left-back. He looks a good player. Um, I think one time Ipswich loanee Zeki Friars was playing centre-back uh, with Conroy and um, the rather grey Caddis was playing right-back. They, they played 4-2-3-1 uh, with Lydon and Palmer in front of the back four. Twine on the right, JSAMI on the left, JSAMI, and uh, the on-loan Matt Smith, who's on-loan from Arsenal behind <clears throat> former Ipswich favourite Brett Pittman. Um, and while we were up against the Swindon Slugs, it was Ipswich who started sluggish, Joe. And we soon found ourselves a goal behind. Yeah, um, so we, it just been, we picked up exactly where we'd left off from previously. Slow, sluggish football, total lack of tempo, sort of no real movement, just ball to the centre-backs, slow out to the full-backs, back into the centre-backs, back to Dizel, him trying to basically hit a long diagonal to the to the wingers generally failing and then we sort of get, we just get hit really isn't it i think jayasimi has the ball in the midfield chambers chambers goes in to try and win the ball off him and doesn't get close enough to him or he's lost him at that point jackson just doesn't go at all with thompson on the run and thompson's got acres of space to pick out a cross which chambers again hasn't gone with jayasimi and followed him in and he's he's there for the header but it's just a mess isn't it it's an absolute mess of a mess of a goal and like i say chambers goes in with the guy at the start and a fullback following his wide man inside allows the whole game to open up and this is a this is these patterns of play and formations we're supposed to be working on for six months now Hmm. Yeah, no one tra- no one tracks his run, does he? Because you're right, he's got the ball. He's got the ball in the middle there, Gi Cini. And I think, well, as soon as he lays it, I think he lays it off to that Twine, who we'll obviously talk about in a minute, who who then just one cutting ball. And Jackson, what is he? Is he ball watching? He's nowhere near his man. Is he doesn't? He's not tracking his man at all. Good bit of good bit of players. Class cross. He just stands Lovely it cross, up. Yeah. Stands it up with pace. And again, no one's really tracked. Gi Cini's just run straight. And this, I don't know, on the face of it, yeah, it looks a really good goal. But there are. Big defensive deficiencies. There. Well, I don't, I don't understand how it ends up with Jai Seymour there, and the two players closest to him are Chambers and Ward, the two fullbacks are closest to him. And where, where are the centre backs? Where's it the holding midfielder? It's a. I, I mean, that, it, that all happens because basically Chambers goes in, in field with his man. But mm. is he drawn out, or is that what he's supposed to do? Is he? Does he need to try and get the ball to Jai Seymour because Dizel doesn't make any moves to go over there? Wolfenden doesn't step out. I, 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 I don't know, but. It's it's basic basic stuff, and it's, it's a poor team it is, management. It is, it's, for that, it's for that one mistake to cause. Us it's to still got to, it's still got to be executed. It's a super cross. It's really quality cross. He sort of drills it in, doesn't he? Yeah, but, I, th- I think they. Sp- I think Brentford spent a bit, quite a bit of money to get him out of Arsenal to Brentford there. So I think he's a the, the left back Thompson. Yeah, yeah, he looked he looked a good player. He did mm. look a good player. Yeah, yeah he's obviously obviously been a star of um, Brentford's run in the League Cup. He's obviously had a bit of a decision to make because if he'd have stuck around at Brentford, he'd have played against Spurs in the week, but he decided to go to Swindon. And alas, yeah, Brentford were knocked out at Tottenham. But yeah, he looks looks a serious player, the left-back. Mm. Yeah, he caused us problems most of the afternoon, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, 
Dave, do you want to talk us through all the chances we created in the first half? <laughs> well, there was one. There was the one, and this is where Dezel is. I mean, this is the one bit I thought Dezel was poor. I mean, look, we were all fairly average, I thought, yesterday, and Dezel was at times very sloppy in possession. He wasn't alone like that, and it was the one ball where you can see what he's about, and it's an absolutely glorious ball, wasn't it? Again, it's fairly slow and deliberate play, and Judge, to be fair to Judge, he made some good runs pretty much all game, actually. As you said, Mike, he, he, he's much preferred role, I think, in that 10 role, and it's just a class ball from Dezel, and he's on side, and he's, he should score. And it's a good save. It is a good save. When we said about that, Travers, you know, it's a good save, but he still should score, really. Perhaps he sort of almost takes it too well, I think. If he'd have taken it down and then taken another touch, would have given him an angle, opened it up, and then almost passed it in, but... Other than that, I really can't recall anything else. Was there? I can't recall. No, no. Few corners. We don't look pretty. Why we changed the shape really as well from because against Burton we played that sort of four-two-three-one, put Hughes alongside Dazelle, which allowed Dazelle to get on the ball a little yeah, bit more. But this time it was more Dazelle sitting deep on his own with Dazelle and Judge sort of as it's not fair. It's easy. Front of him, Anyone can play there. We yeah, must be yeah. the easiest side to play against. Easiest side. Just, just sit. Just, just let him play. Just let him play in front of you. You well, know. Every, every time Swindon got the ball, they looked dangerous, didn't they? Coming forward every because, single yeah. time. And look, and Dizel plays that. I mean, Dizel must have tried to play that ball what half a dozen times in the first mm. half. All right, it comes off once, but it's it's just so so easy. No, no, I thought we were poor first half. Very very poor. And yeah, it changes and oh, fair play. Changes need to be made at the break and. Yeah, it's crying yeah. out for it. Really. Yeah, and and to his credit, Lambert did make the changes at half time with the big hitters that we mentioned earlier on, Flynn Downs and James Norwood, both deemed fit enough for forty five minutes. I think we were all maybe slightly concerned that they were going to get themselves get themselves injured again in that second half. Um, but yeah, on the on the hour mark, Dave, James Norwood. Right place at the right time. And yeah, again. One of the scruffiest goals you'll ever see. We had huffing and puffing. We didn't really look like it. it was Although Judge had the shot. It was The Judge shot was before that when he sort of scraped the outside of the post. But yeah, other than that, we hadn't really yeah. created a lot at all. And this was a really good ball from Jackson. I think Chambers wins it. I think Chambers wins it and sort of knocks it to Jackson. And, and for once, oh, yeah, he, he sort of gets it out of his feet. Really good ball. And, I mean, Norwood gets so lucky. I mean, he'd have been slated for that absolute air shot from about six yards out. Caddis can't react, so it rebounds back, back to him. And that fair play, he's got the presence of mind just to spin and, well, you know, can't really miss from left foot from about five yards. But yeah, good ball, a good ball from Jay. I felt sorry for Jackson. He is just, he's like, a, as Mercer would say, fish up a tree out wide. And he's just not his game at all. Horrible, horrible. But yeah, that was, it's fair play, he stuck to it. And that was a quality ball in. But with, with regards to Jackson out wide, I thought against Burton he played quite well there because he was coming in, making runs off the striker from out wide. Yeah. He sort of played out in quite a lot and actually made quite a big difference there. But I just sent you guys a message in the group and I've just retweeted it as well from ITFC Analytics. And it shows the, um, so like, Heat map. it shows yeah. the, the sort of positions of where the guys are touching the ball. Jackson's yeah. is pinned to the touchline. <laughs> Dobber is... Dobber is sort of pinned to the touch on the other side, but Jackson is totally, totally pinned to the touch. Oh, no, like, just... And that's got to be, that's got to be instruction, hasn't it? That's got to be. Where yeah. it, like I say, you look against Burton and he's, he's coming in off that side and making things happen. And like I say, all the, all the guys listen, look at my Twitter and it's from ITFC analytics account. 
you should all be following because he put some really good stuff on there. And you just look at where Jackson's That's played. Unbelievable. He's, he's, he's just, in a straight line. He's just been he's told to hold the line, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You saw quite early, early on in the game, Jackson did whip in quite a nice cross from the right touch he, line. He has got that. I mean, it looked like they'd been, maybe that's the moves that they've been practicing in in, in like, training. It's and like I, trying I made... to make the pitch so wide, but it just meant we got, just got exploited up the middle all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's probably, to be yeah. fair, Joe, he's probably up against a slightly better, two better left-sided players than he had, than he was up against, uh, you know, up against, yeah. the, against Burton, probably. Yeah, fair point. But yeah, so a, a very scruffy goal from Norwood, Dave. Um, oh. But then a few minutes later, we saw something a little bit special, didn't we? Do you know what this goal reminded me of? This goal reminded me not quite in the in not quite in the next very next moment. And I know we always harp back the better days, but Bolton playoff, Alan Johnston, yeah. Bolton playoff, Alan Johnston. What a strike! This is. But look, there's no pressure again. There is no pressure on him at all. But to be fair, it comes. You know, they've got the ball and they're passing around. Uh, they're passing it around quite nicely. <clears throat> they, I think they work. They work it left, right from from. Right to left, they work it left, and I think it's probably is Thompson or Fries that passes the ball inside to Twine, and he has just got—he just can turn. He has a little look, he even has a little look before he receives the ball, which is a mark of a good player as it is. He's on the half turn, receives the ball, just no one. But look, it's, it's class, isn't it? Yeah, at that level, that is a class goal. You, you won't see many better goals than that this season at that level. I don't think. What a goal! I think, and the I keeper think at any level, really. Well, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Like the keeper's position is fine, but even if, even if he was stood on the edge of his six-yard box, that would have lobbed the him. Ball, it was it was unsavable. If you were standing on your line, dip. you might have just made it. And the ball must dip almost ten feet. It's unbelievable yeah. goal. Unbelievable if you, goal. If the goalie was standing on his line, he might have just about kept that out. It, yeah, he wouldn't be standing there. But no, you don't. You don't. Yeah. The, the problem is that at this point we had started to. At that point, you just said if any team's going to win this, it's going to be us now because. The way we play, we just have like sort of a whole midfield and defence sit together as one unit. But that unit was sitting in their half, and we we looked like we were starting to try and turn the screw a little bit. But like I said that goal just knocked the stuffing out of us. And like I say, it was a it was a brilliant, brilliant strike. So much time to hit it, but ultimately... it was almost it was almost like Dazelle and I forget who else was around there in the vicinity. Almost said, "Go on, then, mate, have a go." Yeah, go on, have a go from there. And. Yeah. Um, and I think Wolford had said it in his post-match interview, so it was kind of frustrating because we, you know, when I was you know, seen him do that, Swindon had seen him also on his loan spell, I think at Newport and stuff. Does that all the time? <laughs> yeah. He got seven goals from outside the box for Newport in the first half. Of the yeah, season. he's going. Yeah. He's, 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 but great, crazy technique though, isn't it? It's, it's almost it's a Ronaldo, like, Ronaldo, Ronaldo or, late, or Pirlo. <laughs> another goal Stuck that it kind still. of reminded me of, although I thought this one was better, was Jordan Henderson away at Chelsea a few years ago where the ball was just so high but then he's he's sort of come around the ball whereas this yeah this guy just just got under it it was like a a, a lob wedge shot almost wasn't it well you know he hits like it straight it's such a good goal because he doesn't you're right he doesn't hit it with his instinct he doesn't come around the ball so usually those sort of goals a bit like johnston's was but i referred to earlier they mm. sort of almost get it out of their feet and hit across the ball but he just mm. he doesn't hit across it he hits it off his lace it it's such yeah. a hard skill it's such a hard skill is it, mm. you know and that as Joe said, that you know, I think when it got back to one-one, we've seen games like that, you know, down there before, you know, this season before that the momentum's with us. You know what will happen here? We won't deserve it, but we'll scrape a two-one win or something like that. We won't deserve yeah. it, and you know, but you can't. Yeah, you're right. They're just not with stuff, and it's just unbelievable shot, unbelievable goal. Mm. And uh, seven minutes later, Joe def- defeat looks inevitable as Swindon made it three-one. Not, yeah, not quite not as impressive this one. 
No, and this one is one that again is sort of on Chambers' side, and he just you've got to stop the cross, and he just gets like I say, he's right footed out there, and he just comes inside, and it's it's easy. He puts a cross in, and like I say, McGuinness doesn't defend it that well either. Like I say, you've got Brett Pittman, who I thought schooled McGuinness and Wolfenden all night. Just he just like for a player that looks sort of over a lot more overweight than when he was with us. I thought his sort of game smarts just. He really gave Wolfenden and McGuinness a tough time. And like I say, that's, what's, that's one of the problems with having two teenagers or young players in that centre-half because you just we just, all game, he just sort of got on top of us. And even then, he gets ahead of McGuinness and gets a touch on that when he has no right to. Or I doesn't you... get a touch on it, but he, he does enough to gets there, keep yeah. it going. And it just whips in the bottom corner. One of those ones that keeper can't really do anything about because he's got to be set for the touch. And when it doesn't come, it just whips past him, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he, I say he bullied them really because physically I don't think he bullied them, but I think yeah, up there and you know, you've probably got to say someone like Wilson alongside, or maybe even then Tiara alongside one of them. Um, yeah, they'd perhaps he'd, he'd have taken he'd taken control of him, but had took responsibility for Pittman more maybe. But yeah, it was a yeah, yeah, you're done there, aren't you? Three one, you that's done really. Mm-hmm. Get McGuinness actually wallops him twice, once at the start of the first half and once at the start yeah. of the second half. I don't know if that was whether that was contrived. Maybe he thought I'll smash him early on and then he won't fancy too, it. But he's too he, cute for that. He's too he's, cute. He's that. nowhere near as athletic as McGuinness, but yeah. showed that it's all it's all between the ears, isn't it? Of course it is um, at that level. So the the reaction from Ipswich was to bring Lancaster on for Dobra, who had We'll, yeah. we'll get on to talking about Dobra because there's a question on him, but quite a frustrating night for him after quite a bright start. Lancaster looks okay when he came on and Alan Judge finally got on the score sheet, Dave, with a few minutes to go. Yeah really, I mean, yeah, really good from Norwood, wasn't it? Really good. I mean, blimey. Um, I think Jackson, well, yeah, again, Jackson's involved, sort of lobs one, sort of, I think uh, Chambers wins it on the touchline. Jackson turns and sort of like cushions a pass um, in that area. I think. Um, Beyond the beyond the fullback and between the fullback and centre half, and I think actually that's Thompson. I think and good for Norwood. He sort of gets out, gets hold of the ball, holds off Thompson, tries to sort of work it on his right foot. Knows the angle's not there. Good turn back on his left foot, and this is a bloody delightful ball, isn't it? Just a little five yard, not even that, two or three yard ball. And um, yeah, and I got to say, Judge made those runs all night, and, and yeah, he did. Finishes yeah. finishes under the keeper, but yeah, very good, very good from Norwood, who mm. I, I'd say was probably the one bright spot positive note from yesterday really yeah i'll probably agree yeah three two is obviously how it ended um our ninth defeat in 15 God. um let's move on to the twister questions to is there any dissect <laughs> dissect it further <laughs> if we can um, yeah. fire. <laughs> thanks for everyone for getting involved um with that i have to say there was more comments than questions on this occasion which is maybe a sign of um, the anger that's the, f- the f- feeling towards the club at the moment. Uh, Chris Rand came in nice and early. Uh, I'll come to you first, Joe. Um, he says, you can only play with the players you've got, but there are other examples of teams where the two fullbacks... Oh, sorry. Are there any examples of teams where the two fullbacks are twice the age of the two centre-halves? I can't think of any. It's normally the other way around. There, there aren't any examples, are there, Jay? No, and like I say, it's just—it's it, not the fact that the two fullbacks are thirty-five that's the problem. It's the fact that we're playing a system which 
expects the fullbacks to be able to run up and down the pitch all game, to be an attacking outlet, and also to defend the whole flank of the pitch on their own. Like I say, it takes a very special player to be able to do that. And like I say, two 35-year-old fullbacks, I, I think Ward's been struggling big time. Catching in the, up. In the first up, three yeah. or four games of the season, I think he yeah. struggled. Chambers, probably not quite as long, but over the last few games has, has struggled. And ultimately, you just... The team needs to be set up to suit the players that you've got available. We've got a, a, a very experienced manager and ultimately anyone here would set this team up differently. And like I say, if Chambers and Ward as two fullbacks in a 4-4-2 with a bit of protection in front of them, with Norwood and Jackson up front together, you're going to get more success out of that than you are with this ludicrous formation where you need Danny Alves on one side and Roberto Carlos on the other just to be able to... Or at this level, like Kane Vincent Young when he came into the team. But even if Kane Vincent Young comes back and can play this role, we still haven't got anyone on the left-hand side that can do it. And we're still going to get attacked down there. And it's just, it's, it's embarrassing how poorly we're set up. Mm. And I'll, I'll come back to you, Joe. Do you think when Kane Vincent Young does come back into the team, do you think Luke Chambers moves into centre-half or has he got a fight in his hands to get in? Well, I, I don't really see that anyone's playing well at centre-half recently. I don't think Wolfie's been particularly mm. good all season. McGuinness makes a lot of errors. Toto, well, we all know what Toto is. <laughs> I, thought James, I thought James Wilson started the season well, but then he fell behind Toto in the pecking order, so who knows? But ultimately, I, th- I don't think Chambers should struggle to get in that team at centre-back because no one's playing well there. But how are we going to be able to rely on Kane Vincent Young to come in? And is he going to be as good as we remember? He's not played for 14 months. He's, yeah. He played nine games for us, two of which he went off injured in. So it's, it's like I say, this guy has played half a dozen games. Unknown, and really. Is he going to be able to come in and play twice a week for eight weeks in a row with in that way? No. So we're going to need to, him and James are probably going to need to rotate it, which leaves us with the same problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. David, we're talking about the the whole match day like it was all doom and gloom, but I don't know about you, but when Cadiz got booked for hauling down young Dobber early on, I was fairly yeah, it's a bit of a harsh one. optimistic. Yeah, I thought that was a harsh one, and then you you would think that yeah, yeah, you know, ten minutes. Um, but again, very old. Well, the Silver Fox, when he very old, experienced, very old, experienced pro. But yeah, you think we again we'd have been game smart enough and cute enough yeah, to, um, so to, it, play, to play so on this, that really. This is Rich Woodward's question. Did we forget that Caddis was on a yellow for 80 minutes? Would it have made a difference perhaps if Lambert was on the touchline? Because oh, they, never, they never even swapped Jackson over to try and have no. a run against him. Because you'd think that would have been. Dobra, the, the whole game seemed to be played out wide on the right. Yeah, that would have been the uh, that would have been the ideal solution for me. I think Rich makes a Rich makes a good point. Really, yeah, we didn't, yeah, we didn't play on that at all. Too comfortable. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. 
NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, this is always quite a difficult question, Joe, when you're when you're in in League One. But Jack Todd asks, who, if you could bring three players in in January, who would they be? <laughs> who have you got your eye on? I'm not expecting you to have three realistic targets in sitting in the top of your head, but could you know? Can, can we get a player manager? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 to, to me, I think the biggest problems we've got, I think. Like I say, Vincent Young hopefully gives us a right back who's capable of playing this absurd way that Lambert is in, insisting on playing. Stephen Ward isn't so some left back, an equivalent of Thompson who went to who's gone to Swindon and played there yesterday. A left back that can get up and down the pitch, defend, and sort of contribute in the attacking sense. I, I also think it's wide players, isn't it? I see we've been linked with Luke Thomas at Barnsley. Well, I think yeah. he would improve us because. I like said so we're playing two wingers, and yesterday it was Caden Jackson and Armando Dobra. But yeah, not wingers. Like I say, is it is it any coincidence that Stephen Ward's form has tailed off since Freddie Sears has stopped playing in front of him? A player that does give him the discipline to get to get around him, maybe doesn't contribute as much in an attacking sense, but he is actually clever enough and disciplined enough to get back and help him out. Same with Guion Edwards in front of Luke Chambers. Is 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 this the problem that we're missing Sears and Edwards? I think it could well be. And if we're missing Sears and Edwards, then they're the only two players in the squad that can probably play that role. That we need to get backups for them that are proper wingers, but also wide midfielders. Mm. Yeah, Dave, would you agree with that? A, le- a left back and a yeah, I think so. I think I think so. And I think Joe makes a point there. You know, I know. Good old Harry was always on about the um, you know partnerships within teams, and to be fair, early season when we're getting results, um, you know that Sears and Ward partnership on the left was working really well, wasn't it? You know, interchanging really nicely, and um, and we missed that. And I think yeah, Ward, that's probably yeah, Ward's level has dropped off uh, incredibly since those first half dozen games, probably. So yeah, I think that's a factor. And look, you know, Edwards, you know, you know, playing wide, but. He was a source of our goals, but not the source of our goals. He was, he was our goals, he wasn't was he? Goal, goodness yeah. sake, you know, and Bishop and Bishop as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a, it's, it's, it's been a tough one, but yeah, you'd expect those two, yeah, to come back and make and make a difference. But yeah, left back, yeah, and a wide player. But I mean, it's, you know, as soon as you you know you talk about this Luke Thomas, I couldn't believe that he he was a, a million pound player. He went from like mm-hmm. what. Um, Derby for a million, million, 1.2, something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, thinking of how we are at the moment and the structure and everything, um, if anyone else is sniffing, uh, how how likely are we to be in with a chance of that? Very, mm. very slim, I would say. But remember, well, Janoy Danasia was almost a million pounds, Dave. So. Good point. Yeah, good Aiden, point. Well, Aiden Jackson point. was over a million. <laughs> good point. Well made. <laughs> <laughs> Trying try to clutch it a little bit. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, Nick asks, um, can you think of another manager who believes sitting off the opposition and playing without a tempo beats opponents? So depressing when we don't look too bad when we actually press. Um, problem is, no one at the club seems to care except the fans. Go on, Joe, you seem fired up. I think the problem is it's, it's like if you watch Newcastle under Steve Bruce, it's the way they play. Or Ipswich under McCarthy at times play like this. But the, if you want to play with such a slow tempo and sit off the opposition, it's because you're an organised defensive team that wants to hit quickly on the attack. Yeah. We're trying to do it and, and be a possession team. They, they don't go. You can't, you can't be a possession team and be so passive on the ball. It doesn't mm. work. It's just a... I, I, they're just mutually exclusive for me. You just cannot be both. If you want to, if you want to be passive, it's because you're a team that wants to sit back and try and hit teams on the counter. Yeah. And Dave, when we looked, when we did look dangerous um, against Swindon, it was when we were going quite direct, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be at first half when we tried it. Trinan didn't have his best games. The ball just wasn't. Ball just wasn't sticking at all, and you know it's a big difference when Norwood, you know, when Norwood came. You know, we talk about the, you know, certainly the sec, you know, the second goal. Um, so yeah, we we, we it, it just frustrates the hell out. I mean, we were so slow and so predictable and so ponderous. Is that a great? But I think that's a probably good word. Ponderous. Even even looking at Swindon yesterday, their passing was much crisper, short, crisp. You know, in you know, interfeet, back out, interfeet, working the ball across the pit. We're just so it's just so slow and just so. And, you know, and as I said, we must be the have, easiest side to play against. The easiest side. For it's all the just, possession we have, we create chances what, from, like, turnovers. Like, yeah, the goal yeah. is because Chambers nicks the ball Not off through there. Our Not through our possession. Not through our possession. Jackson crosses it. Yeah. Dazelle wins that ball in the midfield and Norwood flicks it on for Judge's chance. It's all, like I say, it's, Chambers won the ball back for the, and the second goal as well, didn't yeah. it? It's, it's all times where we get the ball back and we do something quickly. It's the only time we create any chances, but yet we get, we have 60% of the ball doing absolutely fuck all with it, basically. <laughs> and then we end up doing, doing nothing <laughs> with it. Cause it's so easy to set up against. And the only player that really has made a difference, we've been, look, we've been playing like that all season. The only player that does make a difference and break the lines is Bishop. Mm. Who can who can do that? But or Dazelle with a pass sometimes. Well, or Dazelle with a pass. Yeah, you okay. ask him to play through nine players at times with a pass, aren't you? And yeah, like he, say, was, he, did that, he did that brilliant ball to Judge. He frustrated judge, me judge yesterday. Side, wasn't he, for it. Like, yeah, he frustrated me yesterday. Dazelle is so sloppy at times, mm. so careless with the ball. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying when he's trying to play those defence splitting balls. I'm not saying that, but just some easy balls. You know, he's just mm. so so careless. But look, that went through the whole team yesterday, not just him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve Lewis, you'll like this one, Dave. Um, on. Did we forget we had Jackson out wide right when we were 3-1 uh, down so we could switch to a 4-4-2 in the way we did against Burton with immediate rewards? I, I can't actually remember that. But. Just, just remind me at the start of last season, when, was it, what was that, those two that played up front for us? Norwood and Jackson, was it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it went quite well, didn't it? I thought it went quite well. Just, yeah. No, we'll totally abandon that. And um, well, let's you know, someone. Well, let's think to the so we're three two down or three one down. Let's think. What? Where, where, where will we? Oh yeah, the start of last season. Oh yeah, they're both on the. You know, Norwood and Jackson just throw them in there. It just seems an absolute bloody divine right that we will not. We will not play four four two. We will not go with two up front. Whatever. Well, and, after the Burton know, game, Jackson came out and said, "I much prefer playing with a partner, whether it's Corny or Nors or." Aaron, it, I, it, we learn each other's games. We play off them. That's what I want to do. Oh no, you said it. That's it. Shouldn't have said that. On your quiet. boots and just pin yourself to the touchline. <laughs> that heat map. If anyone, you've got to see that. That heat map of Joe's is just unbelievable. 
Yeah, he is, yeah, literally. White paint on his boots. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Palmer, Joe, does Paul Lambert keep his job at any other club with this awful record and no sign of improvement? Does anyone care enough in power to consider this? I, I, no, he, he doesn't keep his job at any other club because mm. ultimately he's, he's come in when we're... We've still got half a chance of staying up when he comes in and we go down... We finish below Bolton, who end up with no players, basically. We finish 11th in League One, and now we're we're going to be 11th in League One again this season if, if things yeah. carry on. And you look at it, and for a manager to fail sort of two seasons in a row, two and a half seasons in a row, generally you'd only get away with that if you had a lot of credit in the bank from before. Yeah, if you're a club previously, yeah. If you've taken them up and then you've fail because you've come back down and then you've not been able to turn it around like for example like Paul Warren at Rotherham if he didn't get them back up last year oh yeah it's another failure but but he, Lambert has got no credit in the bank with the fan base because he because he because he hasn't achieved anything on the pitch he might have done some good sort of fan engagement which was important at the start yeah. but that long forgotten now when you look at the sort of the way the what the fan base thinks of him and I don't think it's just sort of the vocal minority everyone I speak to just yeah it's the same and like I say he's, he's got no credit in the bank and he's fa- he's failing for the third season in a row and the issues are basic so no I, 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 I don't I think the problem is Marcus Evans just did not have a clue about football uh, that's that's the biggest issue we've got mm. yeah one man that does know a lot about football, though, is Dave Diamond. I'm going to come to you for the next question. Um, does this result make Lambert a worse manager than Paul Hurst? <laughs> I don't think it comes down to this result, does it? But... No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's just the constant, under, as Joe just said, Joe just summed it up, really. It's just a constant underachieving for the, what, two seasons that he's been there. I, I totally agree. Any other club, I'm convinced any other club, he would be gone by now and and he's sitting there with still, what, is it four years left now, Joe? Did he sign it about a year ago? Is that right? Around yeah, about time last four, year? Four, four, years, four years. years. I mean, it's, it's, years it is just absolutely mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. And just, look, I, I think it's, it's sad. It's sad, you know, we're, we're staunch fans, you know. Um, we go back, you know, always hark back to history and stuff like that. I honestly think the club is at the lowest ebb probably it's ever been. It's ever yeah. been. And... Something needs something. Something needs to happen. Something, uh, yeah. Something needs to happen. I, you know, uh, he. he I, I just almost lost for words. Honestly, it just beats me up every every single time. Um, you know, the, you know the guy who sits, sits there. You know, sat there watching Sky last night. The guy sitting in the studio there, Paul Cook. You know. He's still he's still available. The Cowleys, is Joe still still available? Yeah, available, incre- yeah. incredibly. Yeah, Summarise, yeah. and they're still out there. Still there um, yeah. I, I I I don't understand it. I I it just frustrates the hell out of me. But while he's still there, nothing is going to change. And, and and as Joe said, we're just going to finish. Well, we'll do well to finish eleventh probably again. Mid table in League One. It is an absolute disgrace and a shambles, really. And people people will. Say, oh well, Marcus Evans is a bigger issue. We're not going anywhere with Marcus Evans. Well, and I don't think I don't think any of us would claim that Evans isn't a big, big problem at Ipswich Town. But but be. Like Dave, what you're saying there, we're at the lowest ebb. You're a fan of sort of fifty odd years. Yeah, we're, we're at the lowest ebb. This is, and it's not just fan feeling. This is the lowest ebb. This is the lowest we've been since. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, yeah. Before, my, before my dad was born, we haven't been this low in the league, let alone before I was born. And it's just, 
like I say, it's it's unbelievable that it's still going on. And like I say, Evans is a big problem, but ultimately, big problems don't get solved very easily. And there is, and like I say, the club is at such a low ebb. Evans has such an easy get out here, and the easy get out is to pay up Paul Lambert, get rid of him because he is he is failing totally as a manager. Get rid of him. That will lift the spirit of the fan base straight away. Rightly or wrongly, exactly. yeah, it might be a sticking plaster over a wound, but. It'll be a breath of fresh air, Joe. A breath of fresh air right through the club. Right like through Mick, the club. But Mick McCarthy came in when we were bottom of the league under with Paul Jewell. And sort of for all the problem that Evans is, we were one game away from being promoted to the Premier League, effectively. And as Evans was as bad an owner then as he is now, it's, it's, it's not like he's improved since then or was a much better owner then. He was paying the bills then. He, mm. We weren't recruiting them. We just had a good manager that was able yep. to organise the, the going. And yeah. like, sometimes we, a blind squirrel finds a nut, Joe. So yeah, we just we, have to hope that this blind squirrel yeah. finds a. Look, finds we, a we're, we're not going to change the owner. That that isn't going to happen. And no. people can say it. People can say it till they're blue in the face. But the owner is not going to change because. And look, let's, firstly, Joe, let's there's probably no one out there. And secondly, he doesn't want. He doesn't want to sell. No. People, people have approached him by all accounts, and he does not want to sell. So there's and nothing we can do about it. We'd be knackered. We'd be buggered without this owner. Yeah, yeah, with the money he's putting into the club, we'd be we'd be gone. We'd be we'd be we'd be comfortably in administration. Probably what. Two seasons ago. Well, the um, Swin- the commentator on Sky last night was saying that the Swindon owner, that Lee Power, Christ, yeah, 300... was pay- putting in £380,000 a month. Just finding someone to cover. And we'd, that, that's double that Ipswich, if you if you want to look at the sort of brass well, we tax. Away, and we saw the wages, didn't we? If they were, if they were purported that came out the other week, if that was correct. Somebody needs to be writing a cheque for the best part of a million pounds a month to keep the club running at the moment. And like I say, Evans... He's shown his aptitude for being a football club owner is not there, and I'm not going to sit here and defend him and say he's fine. But ultimately, the short-term solution required is a new manager because this manager cannot set up a team. And you look, you look at the players that we've got, and it's like I say, it's it's embarrassing how poor we are. Like Swindon yesterday, seven changes from the game before, two new signings. Two players returned from loan. Three other players brought back in. A manager that was appointed on November the thirteenth. Last six games, they've got one point. They looked, <laughs> they looked much better than us. Much better organised oh, than us. Much better yeah, coached than us. And they just, they just picked us off effectively at will. And yeah. we've got a manager who's been in here two years, and we're still setting up. Well, like I say, we spent all last season changing our setup every single game, and this season it's. We're, we're sticking to this come hell or high water, no matter what players are available. We're not trying to win games. It's like it's like he's trying to point, prove a point to Marcus Evans. Sometimes you think with this style of play, and this whole this whole COVID thing has bought him has bought him a bit of time as well, hasn't it? You know, it's, yeah. it's got him. He's got his job at least twice, isn't it? Yeah, I just just well, it's our, rotten, last, mate. It's rotten, boys. In our last you know, thirteen top, games, top to bottom is rotten. 13 games, we've got 16 points in our last 13 games. If you did the league, t- we had 16 points after six games. If you do a league table from that point, we're 18th in it. Yeah. It's the same that happened last year. We, It's not like we just drop off and struggle. We drop off we to relegation form. And, yeah. and that relegation form hangs yeah. about for, for months and months on end. And mm. and that, the last 13, eight of them have been at home. Eight of our last 13 have been at home and we've picked up 16 points. Well, we won six, we went six straight, six home games with like the last teams without 100% yeah. home record in the country. And we're now, lost, we're, I look, I look, we're now lost four home games. Yeah, we lost four out of the last six. And the two that we won were sort of Burton with that. Yeah, Crew, Crew, yeah. I think it was Crew. Crew, who are Crew. 
Shrewsbury uh, probably, we were awful. Crew, mm. who I noticed earlier, are just one place below us now. Yeah. <laughs> Where the hell are they come from? Well, they were right, three up at half time and drew three three. <laughs> really? Right. D- Dylan asks, uh, Dave, how likely is it that Lambert will be sacked at the start of February when the window's just shut? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd probably take the start of February now. I'm not oh, worried about it. Yeah, no, exactly. If, if that's as soon yeah. as he, as soon as he my, goes. My, then, my question then is, Dave, do you think that we'll be able to raise a glass in a pub somewhere when <laughs> Lambert is sacked? <laughs> I hope not, because by the time we raise a glass in a pub when Lambert's sacked, that's likely to be... Well, that's, that's certainly not, not going to be before, before Easter, is it? No. no. And as Joe said, we've got to play 90% of the games before Easter. So, no, that's um, no. hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully we can test, we can, we can toast his, his memory, you know, so at some point. But, yeah, Christ. Um, oh, something, oh, look, something's got, I mean, look, Burton, Burton away, Burton away on Saturday. That's, I mean, that's, for us, that's a potential, that's a real potential banana skin. And then mm-hmm. you don't pick up any, any, anything from that. And then bang, you've got Sunderland and Peterborough coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, we could be, we could be, we could be below mid table for Christ's mm-hmm. sake. Joe, we've we've spoken at length about the manager. You've also spoken about the the owner. Ashley Eldon's question question is on the players. When was the last time a town player had a really good game? I guess maybe Guion Edwards at Blackpool. Has there been any yeah, really good individual yeah. performances since? Teddy Bishop's put in a couple of good individual performances, mm. but you're going back to the start of the season, aren't you, for these good individual mm. performances? But I say I don't even I don't even think that the players are sort of playing that bad individually. I, I don't think like they're, they're not playing well at the start. But if you look at the team yesterday, I wouldn't say anyone's had a particularly awful game. They've just they've just been below average, really. Just not yeah. not that great. No one's having an absolute stinker out there. It's just the way we're mm. set up. It's just like I say we're we're easy to defend against and we're easy to attack against. Yeah, okay, you can't believe some of those run ratings don't really mean a lot, but I don't think there was many, certainly many who started that game would come out with it with any more than a four, somewhere below par, Christ, and that was, I think, doing one or two of them quite, um, yeah, doing them a favour, really. Anyway, well, it was, it, it was, it was poor, and Joe, sorry, it was collectively poor, wasn't it? Just all over the pitch, really. Absolutely. Dave, David Bloomfield asked, does anyone really think that the players returning changes anything? There'll be the same turgid attacking football there has been since Lambert joined. It's clearly the way we're being coached and managed. When do you think it is? Yeah, look, if, if, look if, if if you get if you can get and we've harped on about it long enough, if you can get Vincent Young back, albeit Joe's quite right, he's not going to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. But if you can go and get him back in the team, you get Bishop back in the team, Edwards back in the team. Surely that, that, that well, there's your goals back for a start. So that gives that mm. gives the team a hell of a lift to start with. Um, and if you can get them back on a team and potentially get one or two new faces in, again, that will freshen things up, give the squad a lift. Then, look, we're, we're, bizarrely, the league, I think, is so crap. We're, we're still not we're not out of it, are we? You know, we're still... I mean, you know, I think we'd won, if we'd won yesterday, we'd have been up to third. Would we have been up to somewhere around there? I'm sure we would yeah. have been. Oh, so we're, not, yeah, fourth, we're, not, yeah. we're, not, we're not out of it, but... It just needs the, the place. It just needs a lift, a lift, and quickly, and quickly. And I can honestly see us going to Burton, coming unstuck at Burton, and then you are nowhere because with those two games coming up, and with our mental sort of well, our record and our sort of it's almost a mental thing against the top, you know, the top six, the top ten sides. Yeah, not. I good. think with regards to quality of players, you see what difference Norwood made yesterday. It's just yeah. It, 
Yeah. You can play crap, but just have a better plan. It makes you play better. You so, I mean, that's how we that's how we've won as many games as we have won, isn't it? Yes, just having because the decent players, players out Bishop, on the pitch. Bishop and Edwards, yeah. Bishop, you know, those games we won, they were probably the difference in most of those games. Hmm. You know, yeah. Okay, uh, Tom Agate's question: Is this the end of the Stephen Ward experiment? It's probably not, is it? Because well, Penlock, who's going to play there? Not going to come who's in. Who's going to play there? It should be the end of the Stephen Ward as a marauding fullback who also manages the whole side of the pitch experiment. But he's he's going to be a perfectly serviceable left back at this level, isn't he? But you've just got mm. to you've got to set the team up around your players' strengths and to I say it's basic, isn't it? You you try and highlight your strengths and hide your weaknesses, but. I say his weakness is his legs getting up and down the pitch, and yeah. I say you, you see how easily he got turned for that one in the first half where you just dummied him and just walked past him. Cadiz wasn't it? And it's like yeah. a player of that quality doesn't make that mistake if he's if he's sort of playing properly. And it's just he must see that whole pitch in front of him and see Dobra in front of him not really doing a lot to protect him and think, what am I doing here? Yeah. Okay, I love it. Talk. Quickly through the the league table. Obviously, not not much has changed because not many teams played this weekend. Um, but yeah, as you alluded to, Dave Accrington are in sixth now on thirty three points. With they've got four games in hand on Lincoln That's at the incredible. top. I don't know, like so many on, games, yeah. So Lincoln are top with forty two points, but they've played twenty one games, which is more than everyone in the top half of the league. Uh, Harlow second. Played 20, 38 points. Then it's Portsmouth, who haven't also haven't had a particularly good season, but they're up there in third. Okay. Don, Doncaster are in fourth. You would say they've turned things around under Darren Moore. They are having a good season. Peterborough aren't having a good season. They're still they're still up there in fifth. They're on thirty three points, same as Accrington, who obviously really are firing. Um, Charlton lost on Friday night, didn't they, Joe? To Accrington. Um, to Accrington, to Accrington, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're on they're really well. 32 points. They've played one more game than us. So if we if we were to win that game in hand, we would go above um, Charlton. So we'd kind of be seventh. But it, I think Cook summed it up in the studio. I think it was Cook who said in the studio yesterday that look, any team, any team, even at this side, at this stage of the season, that can put four or five wins together, you're probably going to be top two. Mm-hmm. You know, because well, it's, it's I thought so the table game. was sort of. I thought the table was really favourable to Lambert earlier in the season because we'd we'd played more than everyone, and it was like, oh yeah, well we're two points off second or whatever it was when we won a game, and all of a sudden that was like a big talking point. And it's like, well, that, that, this table is telling a lie because of how much everyone's played, but yeah. then everyone around us played all their games in hand and more, but didn't pick up any points. Because, so the table still looks like, oh yeah, well we're still in touch. It's like, well. We need to not be in touch. We need to be top. That's what we want to be, top, second. And we've, like I say, we've got the squad that should be doing that. Is, like I say, team, like I say, Swindon, they'd had one point from six coming into yesterday's game and they turn us over. Like I say, Burton, we beat them luckily at the end. Shrewsbury, oh, crap, we beat them luckily. We need to just play to our potential. Again, Swindon, I thought, looked half-decent, but how much is it? Is that us making them look you know, better than they are? I think there probably is a, a lot of it, you know. Mm-hmm. They're technically really good, really good players there. But I think we touched on it before, you know, when does it come? Where is the breaking point here? You know, where do we have to be before he acts? You know, do we have to be, I don't know, 11th or 12th and 
even with our games in hand, won't take us any higher than, I don't know, eighth or something like that. Is that the breaking point? I don't know. I don't know. Who, who knows? It's... Well, in, in, so in, in a couple of weeks, we'll have played... We'd have played this Burton game and we'd have played against um, Sunderland and Peterborough. Peterborough and Sunderland. L- lose all three. Surely. That's four Surely. defeats in a row. We'll be, no, we'll we'll be probably be mid-table. Yeah. And, and any games in hand will take us, you're right, to four or five points maybe offset. Surely then. Sure. But oh, I don't know. We'll probably, you know what will happen. We'll, we'll scrape past Burton. We'll get a 1-0 out there. Get we'll lose at home to Sunderland. We'll get a point against Peterborough and we just do just enough to just keep him in the job. That's what Lovely we've done Lovely the last few months. Another little two-week COVID then it, break. Then it's, then it's crew away uh, at the end of January and then we go to Wimbledon away, which has got nil-nil written all over it again, hasn't it? Um, and then, yeah. yeah then, I mean, crew away, I mean, like I said, you know, crew are only a place behind him. I mean, that's no, that's no gimme at all, is it? For goodness mm-hmm. sake. Um, yeah, things could look. I mean, things I think are bad now, and everyone's very, you know, um, pessimistic. And everything after yesterday, but f- believe me, things could look. Uh, I think why I think why everyone's so pessimistic <laughs> after after yesterday is that we'd had this long break, and football fans are stupid, and I'm, I included myself in this. And it's like you think, oh, this is going to be the point. We've had this break now. We're going to come into the game, and this might give us a chance to start our season again. New year. Few players back fit, three and a half week break. We should all be fresh, fit, organised, ready to go, and we we just turn up and put that performance in. And it's no that three and a half week break. That might as well have been a three day break because we're just back to exactly where we were. Here we are, Dave. Dave, I did forget one of the questions. Somebody asked um, for you to shout your catchphrase for a megaphone are you are you ready for yeah do you know i haven't got a megaphone i'll tell you what i've got um i've got a bit of an impromptu megaphone it's my um so i explained i had a little bit of um an issue with my um my boiler on thursday night basically burst so i've got my um direct line home insurance plus policy so <laughs> which i'm gonna go Crap! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. absolutely beautiful and yeah you're, that was probably the the high point of your week in the end, wasn't it, Dave? The, the uh, boiler going? Don't even, don't even go there. The boiler went Thursday night. No, no heating and stuff. Got up Friday morning and um, sort of, um, I think, I don't know, switched on the radio. And oh, it's cold one. It's minus six. Yeah, tell me about it. Oh my god. So I got got some heating at last. I got some heating back at least. Yeah. Lovely. Oh stuff. my goodness me. <laughs> um, which brings us on to yeah. You don't have any hot water, Dave, but do you have any plugs? <laughs> I don't think I'm, no, I'm all, out, all, all out of plugs. No, 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 no plugs at all this week. I don't think. Albeit, I will, I will just go back. Anyone who hasn't hasn't seen it, thanks, because I know there's been. I think I got someone has 400 views or something. But um, just prior to Christmas, I, the, uh, I was fortunate enough to have a um, sit down and sort of speak. I was Zoom with um, with Ray Crawford for about I don't know hour and a half. An absolute delight. The guy is 85 and he is absolutely superb. Um, so yeah, anyone who hasn't listened, um, yeah, feel free to go to the YouTube channel and have a uh, have a have a watch and listen to that because it's uh, yeah, I think I've got this this sort of grin right the way through for like fixed for like I don't know well yeah an hour and a half. He was absolutely superb. Some great stories going back in the day, obviously to to the Alf Ramsey and the glory days. <laughs> you enjoyed that one, I take it, Joe. Yeah, they're no, really good. 
just for somebody of that age, he's still so lucid, isn't he? Oh, His memories of it are so good. And, and like I said, this is a proper, proper legend, isn't it? All-time mm. club-leading goalscorer, title winner. I mean, one of well, the stories... Division, of... First division title winner, England in recognition, and not enough England recognition, as you sort of yeah. go into with him. I mean, one of the stories is just brilliant, just quickly summary, where he's, um, I think they're playing AC Milan in the second leg of the European Cup. <laughs> but his car breaks down, so he has to get a bus <laughs> from like Norwich Road down to football and gets in like half an hour before the game. And I sort of said, well, what? And he said, oh, Alf Ramsey said, oh, Ray, where, where have you been? Get changed. I'll kick off in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, he's brilliant. brilliant. I, I met I met Ray Crawford um, that round the back of the old Britannia stand a few years ago when I was a kid. My mum in, in my mum was chewing his ear off, I'm sure, and she she said, "Oh, come and meet this this man. He's scored more Ipswich Town goals than any other player." Um, and he introduced himself and said, "If I was playing today, I'd be worth millions." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And of course, he would be, wouldn't he? Ah, oh, just money can buy him. You know him and him and. Phillips, you know, the two of them. I mean, just, yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's Lovely good, good stuff. stuff. Cheers. And yeah. uh, Joe, before we go, do you have anything to plug of the youngsters in action this week? Um, I, not that I'm aware of. They played a friendly against Crystal Palace, beat they them under 23, yeah, just yeah, so, but that yeah. two different teams for each half. So there's still no date on the Youth Cup. There's been games scheduled, but who knows where they're going ahead at the moment. I know the players are in and games are going ahead, but. Like I say, keep an eye on the Academy Twitter feed and I'll try and post anything when I hear it from there. Who have they got in there, Joe? Who have they got in the cup? Um, it's either Swindon or Bromley. Hmm. Met Police were knocked out by... I think they, I think they had... I think Swindon beat Met Police and now they face Bromley. Luke okay. Wolfenden's two lone clubs. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Great stuff. So, yeah, please uh, like this video on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on... Twitter, if you don't already, Instagram at Blue Monday Team. Um, we'll be back next Sunday to talk over the bursting game, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully, we'll be talking about who's going to replace Paul Lambert. Who knows? Um, but yeah, any, any last words just before we go? Lambert out. Lambert out. Dave. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. Um, which. Yeah, I don't feel like I can say be careful what you wish for after the back of those two. So, yeah, wish for whatever you like. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.